How's it going, guys? And welcome back to another episode of Time Out with myself, Gabe Altiera. Alongside me, Nick Lebrano. Guys, we have a totally filled pack show for you guys. Nick, how's it going, man? It's going pretty good. Going pretty good. How's it with you, Gabe? I'm doing well. So let's get let's get it going, Nick. The World Series is here. Tampa Bay Rays versus the LA Dodgers. Let's get your pick. Who do you think is this World Series? Um, I'm gonna have to go with the Dodgers. You're gonna okay. So let's take a look at the Dodgers' manpower really quick. You got a team right now that got you got Seager, you have Max Muncy, and that's before I even mention that you have Cody Bellinger and Mookie Betts. Um, you look at the Rays. And what the Rays did is also really incredible that their lineup is so efficient and their pitching staff is so efficient, yet they are paying like next to nothing on payroll money, which is really cool. And they, I, I think are, they have the best pitching staff in the league. If you look at like their top three starters, you got you have Snell, you have, Ka- you have Glass now, and then you have Charlie Morton. Um, and that's pretty incredible. All three of them can start and close, and their bullpen's like ridiculous. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Dodgers just because. I mean, everything you just said, everything like you just said everything that I was gonna say. But you know, this team um, is just an all around amazing team. You know, I, I look at Betts, and he's just a phenomenal athlete. I mean, it's it's it looks the, like the catches he's been making. Yeah, exactly. Those are ridiculous, so, and his base running. It's it's really. I mean. It's gonna. It's a. It's the Dodgers World Series. I don't want to make any predictions. I'm not trying to be biased, but this is the team I think is gonna win the World Series. I think like I think it's time for the Dodgers to win. The Dodgers have been what three World Series now in four years. Yeah. They haven't. This would be their third World Series in four years, and they haven't won yet. That's granted. They played against the cheating Houston Astros and the could have been cheating Boston Red Sox, but. <laughs> You look at this year, and I there's no excuse for the Dodgers to lose. I think I think they're overall a better team than the Rays. Um, as a Yankee fan, what we saw the Rays, we saw them, we saw the Yankees play the Rays quite a lot, and then especially in the ALCS, DS, ALDS. Um, so yeah. we will see what happens. Uh, I'm gonna go with the Dodgers. I think it's their, I think it's their World Series to lose right now. Uh, the Dodgers look like the superior team, so I'm, I'm going to take the Dodgers. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, maybe I'm not trying to count out the Rays here. The Rays, you know, as we've seen this this season, are, are a quality team. You know, they've, as you said, as Yankee fans, like we've seen them play them consistently throughout the season. They're they're a good team. Like, I'm not, I'm not you know, just saying, oh, it's the Dodgers are going to win the World Series. Like, no, this this Tampa Bay Rays team is, is actually very good, and actually they could win. I'm not saying they're not going to win. I'm just saying – it's in my opinion the Dodgers. This is the Dodgers World Series. It's a good. It's a good matchup. Yeah, pitching oh, is sure. good because like if you look, at, pitching is really good. If you look at the Dodgers, you have you have Kershaw and Walker Bueller, and then you look at the Rays, and you have Morton, Snell, and Glasnow. So we'll see what happens. This is a very good World Series. It's going to be a very exciting series to watch. I, I encourage everybody to tune in, but we will see what happens. We're going to see. We'll see. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's move on to some NFL. A big trade happened on Thursday, Thursday morning. I can't pronounce his name. I think, Nick, you're going to have to Yannick Ngakwe got Yannick. traded from the Minnesota Vikings to the Baltimore Ravens. He was traded for a third and a fifth round pick. Uh, let's preface that. Yannick Ngakwe got traded to the Minnesota Vikings preseason um, for a second round pick and a sixth round pick to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jaguars traded him to the Vikings. Um, so far, I'm, I'm amazed this trade happened. And Gakwe's played almost near flawlessly. 
through the start of the year. Five sacks through six games, two forced fumbles. It's been really good. Now he joins the Ravens, who are already a Super Bowl contender. You know how dangerous their front their front line is? Him next to Calais Campbell is ridiculous. And Calais Campbell's played next to Ngakwe. They both played on Jacksonville. They were both in the AFC Championship team in 2017. I mean, it's... Yeah, I'm just surprised they they they're put they just sold him. I mean, this as you said, like he's a he's a great player, and I think this makes the the Baltimore Ravens an even better team. Not that they aren't already a good team already, but like this makes them like ten times more powerful on defense. Yeah, I mean, this guy, you know, he as you said was traded from the Jacksonville Jaguars, and now he's you know, we're, I mean, we're looking at him right now. If you look through his past several games, you know, against the te- uh, the Texans. With two sacks, Tennessee one sack, Colts one sack. I mean, like, he, he's a solid, solid defenseman. And he's going to get paid this offseason. He's going to be a free agent. Yeah. I don't know if I don't know if the Ravens have the money to pay him. Um, that's going to be a very interesting storyline to follow. But the Ravens are definitely buying into winning every winning it this year. And uh, there was also another piece of breaking news for the Ravens on Thursday morning with Des Bryant signing with the Ravens. Uh, early Thursday morning. So, Gabe, let me get your thoughts on this. Do you think Des Bryant is still a washed-up receiver? Does he have anything left in the tank for the Ravens now? Uh, you know what, Nick? I I don't think he does. And, I, and I'm not saying this, you know, because I don't like Des Bryant. I think he, he was a phenomenal athlete in his prime. I just think he's a little washed up, you know? He hasn't played in three seasons. He hasn't played – exactly. He hasn't played in a while. I think he's just going to be there kind of as a backup. If someone gets hurt, they're going to throw him in as kind of like a Hail Mary type of thing where hopefully he can pull out a couple of good plays. But I, mm-hmm. I just think, you know, he, as you said, he's washed up, and I don't think that was the, the right move, I guess. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Yeah, we're going to have to see what happens there. I was pretty shocked when I read that. I didn't think that Des Bryant was going to be back in the league anytime soon. Right. But, you know, I guess we'll see what happens. It looks like the Ravens are going all in. Just, just another person in the receiving core. But they already have, what, they have, uh, they have Marquise Brown. He looks good. Uh, Mark Andrews is top, the top tight end in the league, and you have Lamar Jackson. You can't get anything out of Lamar Jackson throwing the ball and running the ball. So we'll have to see. Ravens look like they're buying in ahead of the trade deadline into into seeing because they think they're gonna win this year. <laughs> That's for right. Sure. And speaking of receivers and another powerful team in NFL, now Seattle is looking to get a B. Yeah, I mean, um, once the suspension's over, yeah, once the suspension's over after week eight, there are apparently a lot of teams that are going to push to sign it. But it looks like Seattle's prime position. He's another receiver. Yeah. I didn't expect to see play this year. I mean, everything that happened with him and the Raiders last year and And, the and then they're going to the Patriots. I mean, talk about drama and talk about, like, trying to get back into a, a normal groove. I mean, this guy – was creating so much drama in the NFL last year that I mean that mm-hmm. I'm even surprised that people that teams want him. Not to not to bash on uh, Antonio Brown, but it seems like everywhere he goes, he brings some sort of um, trouble. <laughs> yeah, I'm amazed that teams are actually willing to take a risk on him after all the stuff that came out last year, especially with like what the allegations, the sexual assault allegation that came out. Um, on top of him just totally acting out in camp at the Raiders, and then whatever happened on the Patriots. Right. And then all the stuff that happened in the offseason with him, like, calling out the league on Twitter and, like, starting stuff with Robert Kraft on the on the Patriots for not paying him. It's, like, I'm amazed that the Seahawks are willing to take a risk on him unless he's cleaned up his act. But I do, I do see the – it's a low – 
it's a low risk, high reward kind of move. Yeah. He's gonna make absolutely nothing. They're <laughs> gonna sign him to an absolutely nothing contract. Yeah. And if he still has what he had last year and the year before that, Antonio Brown's a top five receiver in the league. Right. And now if put him insert him into the Seahawks offense. Think about this. Insert him into the Seahawks offense, and their receiving core becomes Tyler Lockett, Antonio Brown, DK Metcalf. That's pretty powerful right there. That's insane. <laughs> On top of the fact they have Greg Olson at tight end, they have Hollister at tight end, and their running backs, Chris Carson, Rashad Penny, all look good too. And Russell Wilson's having an MVP season. So this the Seahawks are legit. Um, no one was questioning that, but the addition of Antonio Brown, really, uh, I there that's another another team that's really buying with a uh, kind of like a low risk high reward thing. Uh, I would compare it to Des Bryant signing with the Ravens, but it's a little more of a low-risk, high-reward kind of move. Yeah. Antonio Brown, if he's on, his payout's going to be huge right. for the. He, they, if Antonio Brown plays well, I'd go. I'd go as far as to say as the Seahawks are the best team in the league. Oh yeah, oh hundred percent. I mean, if not, then they're they're either equivalent to the Chiefs if they get Antonio Brown. But I think you know, as you said before, if, if they if they if Antonio Brown goes to the Seahawks, I mean, they're receiving receiving side is just unreal unreal mm-hmm. it's gonna be you know, yeah and they're already a good team like you said like russell wilson's already an mvp quarterback right now they're playing really well so just add antonio brown i mean if he plays the way we know he can play like when we, when we saw him play on, on the steelers this team mm-hmm. is it's it's like we got a serious contender for super bowl title right now no question yeah no question and Speaking of teams that are really buying in around the deadline, this is our third team pretty much in the last two weeks. It looks like they're buying on the deadline is the Kansas City Chiefs who signed Le'Veon Bell last week. Uh, Bell, as we talked about in our last episode, Bell got cut by the Jets. Um, They bought him out. Well, they didn't even buy him. They just released him from his contract Uh, with Adam Gase making some of the worst moves a head coach I've ever seen. Uh, Bell walks, and now Bell ends up on the Kansas City Chiefs. and it's going to be a great matchup to see the Kansas City Chiefs play the Jets next week. I really – I think Le'Veon Bell is going to run all over that team. <laughs> I mean – But do our – with the addition of Le'Veon Bell, do you think the Chiefs are the number one contender? Or would it be the Seahawks if they make an Antonio Brown-type signing? I think it, it – I think it's going to be the Seahawks if they get Antonio Brown. But I, but I still think it's going to be very even if, if the Seahawks get Antonio Brown – and we know the Chiefs now have Le'Veon Bell. I think those two teams are very level. They're very equal. Look at this. If they make it up in a Super Bowl, the Seahawks and the Chiefs. I mean, that's going to be a hell that's of a game. That's going to be an amazing offensive game. No question. Mm-hmm. But I think with the Chiefs signing Le'Veon Bell, I think that this makes the Chiefs just even better than they were or even better than they are now. I mean, like we've seen this Chiefs team this season already start off on the right foot, already start off. The yeah, they're the rolling team. right now. They're rolling. And now you add on another weapon. I mean, it's like it's like Adam Gase was like, here, have a present and make yourself better. Like, there you go. Take mm-hmm. it for yourself. It's, I was like, it, yeah. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. you go. Yeah, there was like no doubt. Like, Le'Veon Bell, yes, he got traded, but there was no downside. Like, he went to a 10 times better team. Like, there. I mean, mm-hmm. there's just – I think it, he got the reward, honestly. I mean, yeah. really, mm-hmm. he really got the reward. It obviously isn't Le'Veon Bell chasing money. It's obviously a ring-chasing type of right. move. He would Because the Dolphins offered him way more money than the Chiefs. Oh, did. yeah. For, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like this is definitely – he wants a ring, and 
yeah, the Dolph- I mean, the Dolphins were offering a lot more money. A lot. Mm-hmm. Think about how scary the Chiefs' run game is now. It's Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who's a rookie of the year. He really is a rookie of the year candidate so oh, yeah. far. He's been a really explosive running back for the Chiefs. And now you add Le'Veon Bell into the mix. Le'Veon Bell's automatically the third down back. Oh, and 100%. It's going to be really interesting to see Le'Veon Bell get added to the Chiefs, this Chiefs team. Uh, the Chiefs, they're legit. That's for sure. What are they? They're 5-1 and one right five now? 5-1 and one right now. Yeah, that's it's pretty impressive. It's it's very impressive, and and I said this before, like even on the first episode, this Chiefs team has the potential of becoming back to back Super Bowl champions, and with the addition of Le'Veon Bell, they've made it just they've solidified it a little bit more, just because of how powerful mm-hmm. where he is and how good he is as a player, and just adding that to the team, a, a team of, of superstars, you know, Mahomes, Hill, everybody. It's just it. It makes me feel that this team could actually become back-to-back Super Bowl champions. In my opinion, yeah, and even feel yeah, even even defensively, defensively too. Like you got Chris Jones, uh, Darius Sneed, uh, Tyrion Matthew is playing as good as as he ever has. It's a dangerous team. Uh, Andy Reid's doing a great job. They built this team right. Patrick Mahomes is the best. He's you can't. He's not even comparable. Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the 100%. NFL. Um, but we will see. So that's three teams that are at the deadline so far that are really buying. Uh, and we'll have to, we'll see, we'll see where it leads us. Um, let's take a little preview at Sunday. Bills, Jets. Uh, the Bills are four and two coming into this game. They came off the loss to the Chiefs last Monday. And the Dolphins lost 24 to zero to the Miami Dolphins <laughs> on Sunday. So, uh, what are your thoughts on the game? I think this – I mean, if I'm going to do predictions right now, who's going to win? I'm going to say the Bills uh, just because how awful the Jets are. Uh, you cannot. <laughs> you know? I think the Jets are actually going to go – I actually – like, it's a challenge to go 0-16 in the NFL. And I think the Jets are really up for it well, right now. I, I, I actually so. think that they aren't going to win a game this I year. I mean, so, you know, I as much as I would try to have a little bit of belief in the Jets, I mean, Adam Gase and all those guys have just – torn that to shreds and there's just i mean this is just like can they hold on for four quarters of football is basically what's going to happen this sunday against the bills yeah uh, this is kind of a, a gimme for the bills i guess you could say like this game is just they're gonna come in get a dub and just move on you know um, mm-hmm. unless a miracle yeah. happens and oh yeah unless a miracle <laughs> happens and joe flacco yeah. balls out for the, <laughs> the jets you know. um We'll have to see, but the Bills should be looking to move to five and two. This is one of the best starts since the nineties uh, for the Bills. Um, should be looking to move to five and two. I can't believe the Jets got shut out by the Dolphins. Anyway, I mean, it's... they lost twenty-four to zero. The Dolphins. The Dolphins aren't a bad team. What the Dolphins are? What are? What are they right now? I think they're three and. I think they're three yeah, and three. They're three, and three right now. Um, yeah, like they aren't a they aren't a horrible team. But the Dolphins aren't anywhere near as good as a team that should beat a team 24 to 0, especially on offense. Like Ryan Fitzpatrick's your starting quarterback. Well, Ryan Fitzpatrick's not your starting quarterback anymore, but Ryan Fitzpatrick was your starting quarterback on Sunday. There's no reason to lose 24 yeah. to 0. The Jets should have at least gotten like a field goal. It's, it's just, I mean, it's sad to see. You know, as you said before, it's really hard to go 0 16, but this Jets team might just do it. They might, mm-hmm. unless they get, unless, you know, a lot of miracles. I actually I don't see I don't see any way the Jets don't go 0 and 16 unless Gase is fired. And even if Gase is fired, I don't know if they can win a game 
because their personnel is just that yeah, bad. It's it's. They have their top wide receivers, Jameson Crowder. Yeah. Frank Gore's the number one running back. I feel horrible for Sam Darnold. And I was talking, I was talking to about, I was talking about it with a friend a couple days ago. The Jets are gonna like. It looks like the Jets are. They're in contention for the number one pick. Yeah, oh, 100%. Um, I was talking to a friend about it, and I really, really believe this. It makes absolutely no sense for the Jets to take Trevor Lawrence first overall. What the Jets should do if they have the first overall pick. So, quarterback, if you think, look at the Jets right now. Quarterback is probably the strongest position on the team with Sam Darnold. You're going to replace the strongest position on your team. You have holes on your offensive line. You have holes at wide receiver, holes at running back. You have holes on your defensive line, your middle linebackers, and your secondary, yeah. and your special teams. You have holes in every position on the team pretty much except for quarterback. And then you're going to go take a quarterback with the first overall pick? That makes no yeah. sense. What the Jets should do is if they get the first overall pick, they should take that pick and deal it for a haul of maybe like two firsts, a bunch of seconds, and thirds, and trade it to a team like the Colts that could actually benefit from having a Trevor Lawrence. Because if you put Trevor Lawrence on this Jets team – Trevor Lawrence is going to be Sam Darnold. There's not going to be any difference. Yeah. Like Trevor Lawrence has talent, sure, but you can't show off talent when you have nothing. You have no pieces around you. If you're getting pressured on every single down and like getting hit on every down, you aren't going to make any plays happen. Exactly. It makes no sense for the Jets to take Trevor Lawrence. The Jets should look if they have the first overall pick, look to trade the pick and build around and actually build and commit to Sam Darnold. That's how that's that's how teams win. And if the Jets don't do that, the Jets aren't committed to winning. They aren't a winning organization. Um, the Jets haven't been a winning organization for some time now. Like I wouldn't be surprised if they make a mistake and trade for Trevor Lawrence. I also wouldn't be surprised if, if Trevor Lawrence pulls like a, an Eli Manning and doesn't go to the Jets. Right. I mean, I, I, I agree. But, I mean, you know, if you bring in an amazing quarterback, and we know that Trevor Lawrence is a phenomenal athlete and an amazing quarterback, and you put him that Sam Darnold's in, it's just going to – the same. It's going to be the same thing with Sam when Sam Darnold came to the Jets. It's going to be him losing all of his potential because he has no weapons, no weapons at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and let's not forget that Sam Darnold was the number one quarterback touted in that draft. The Browns just took Baker Mayfield exactly. before him. So speaking of quarterbacks, Tua Tagovailoa has now been named the starter for the Miami Dolphins over Fitzpatrick. Thoughts on that? It. I think it's early. I think Tua, I, in my opinion, Tua is coming off of one of the worst injuries I've seen live. Yeah. Like, and I've seen Alex Smith's injury. We saw Dak Prescott's yeah. two weeks ago. Um, Tua's injury was devastating to watch. And I remember I was in a car on the way back from, I think we were at Quartico yep. last year. And uh, I was in the car on the way back watching the Bama game. And you saw the I mean, injury. And that was – it was scary to watch because I didn't think Tua was going to be able to play football again. Tua's injury concerns scare me a little too much to see Tua start so quick. Like, obviously, the doctors must think he's fine if he's going to start. you got to trust the NFL doctors over, over my impression right. about it. <laughs> but I think it's a little early. I think Tua would have benefited from sitting the entire season behind Fitzpatrick and watching, like, how Mahomes sat behind Alex Smith. Right. Yeah. Because, let's be honest, Dolphins aren't going anywhere right now. Um, like, they're 3-3, three and three, but I doubt they're going to make the playoffs. Like, I'd love to be proven right. wrong. And I think, I think, you know, same with you. When I saw that hit and I saw his injury, it was, it was gruesome. Like, I mean, a hip injury in whatever state, whatever age you are, is, is bad. It's never a, a good injury. It takes a lot. Like, like, your hip is a very important part of your body. Like, that's how you move. 
in every sense yeah. of the, in every sense of the word. So when he was hit, I mean, I thought he was going to be out for. I mean, I thought he w- he wasn't even going to make it out of college football. I thought that was it. I didn't think he was going to like play football that was again. supposed to be that injury is known for killing people because yeah, blood exactly. clots. So like, I think it's it's killed football players before right. that exact injury. So um, so seeing him being able to actually start in the NFL pretty much less it's less than a year after it happened. I mean, I give I just give. Yeah, it, that's I incredible. Mean, it's, I give props to him. It's you know very very proud of him to come back and. You know, he, I bet he definitely went through, you know, surgery and PT very hard and really wanted to come to the NFL. So I give him a lot of props for that. But in, but he is very injury prone. We've seen this at when he was at Bama. Like he can get injured very easily and then all of a sudden you need to throw in your second string quarterback in there. I mean, we saw it with Hurts, you know. Like he mm-hmm. – um, go back a couple of years ago in the national championship, uh, Tua got hurt. Um, and Hurts had to come in. Hurts came, Hertz came in. Of course, Hurts is a mm-hmm. phenomenal quarterback. Which was the reverse of what happened the year before that when Hurts got benched. Exactly. Two so, two is very injury prone. Maybe this is a, a little bit you you jump the gun on this call, but I think you know if if the the doctors and the and everyone thinks he is ready to play and he's able to play, then by all means go put him in. But my question is: is is it too early? Is he still struggling with his hip? Is he getting, like if you re-injure your hip? If you re, if he re-injures that game over that's if theory injures know. that that's career ending <laughs> you know like, um we'll see i don't like my, another issue i have with the move is i don't know how much more tua gives them a chance to win the ryan fitzpatrick because tua hasn't two is what he's thrown two passes i think he threw two passes against the jets yeah um we don't know what he's got on an nfl level. exactly and here's the other thing is that to that point he was playing the jets and no offense to jets mm-hmm. i mean you're basically playing against a practice team now. And so Well, at that point, at that point, all the starters taken out of the game for both exactly. sides. The Jets were down 24-0. And it was like the last two minutes of the fourth quarter. Two or through two passes. We can't judge anything off that. I don't even know. I couldn't even tell you off the top of my head if they were completed. Exactly. But <laughs> you um know. we'll have to see if Tua gives them more of a chance to win. Tua's definitely a more dynamic right. quarterback than Fitzpatrick. And player and teams are gonna have to game plan around Tua a lot differently just because he's yeah. a lefty. Like his blind spot is now the opposite of what it would have been if Ryan Fitzpatrick was in the pocket. I think you know we're gonna see. I mean, so this week they have a bye. They're playing the Rams next Sunday. So I think if I think the Rams when they play the Rams, that's gonna be the real test for Dolphins fans to see if two is actually capable of playing in the NFL. I'm gonna be totally honest with you. I don't know how to. I'm not gonna translate to his performance against the Rams at all to how he's actually gonna play in the NFL because the Rams defense. That is is true. That is true. Like, as for uh, your first start of your NFL career, you used to go up against the Rams and Aaron yeah. Donald. And you have, you have Jalen Ramsey and stuff. I'm, uh, I'm going to be totally honest with you. I don't – if Tua has a bad game, I'm not going to write that off as Tua's a bad quarterback because this defense is some is one of the best in that I've seen in the league. Um, but the Dolphins are very well coached. I think you can make the argument that the head coach Brian Flores is up there with one of the, some of the best head coaches in the league. Like they outperformed expectations by a oh, yeah, last 100%. year. Um, and right now they're three and three. I didn't like, I thought the dolphins were maybe going to go six and 10 this year. Right now they're on pace for I mean, eight. And eight. They're, they're so, coaching wise. I think the dolphins are doing very, very well, very well, but let's move on to our last topic. Cowboys game on Monday. Oh boy! It was an absolute <laughs> nightmare, and I thought they were gonna hopefully get it together, but they did not. Now, now, oh boy, four, 
record. I mean, these guys just got smacked. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, Cowboys lose 38-10 to 10 to the Cardinals. Like, the Cardinals have been good. The Cardinals are now 4-2. and two. The Cardinals have been good, but they aren't that good. Like, I didn't think they were going to win 38-10 on the Cowboys. And want to know who was the impact player of that game? It was Buda Baker, the safety who did end up getting paid. I thought, although be it a little prematurely in his career, he got paid this offseason. Um, Buda Baker had, looked really well. That sack that he had on Andy Dalton was crazy. He had a forced fumble. He also had an interception. Uh, Buda Baker is looking like he's going to be a real impact player for a long time to come, but the Cowboys, Cowboy fans, yeah. that should be Oh, 100%. Player. 100%. No question. And I think it's really – like, the NFC East is, like, the worst division in sports um, because <laughs> <laughs> the Cowboys are still in first place in the division. The I mean, before. it's it's just – it's sad. It's really sad. It's the hilarity of it is if the Giants win – if, the, if the, like, let's say the Giants win week uh, this week and the Cowboys lose, then uh, yeah, the Giants exactly. are in first place. I mean, it's just sad. It really is. I mean, and, and if and I, feel, yeah. and I feel for the Cowboys fans. I mean, these guys have been through a lot with – Especially the I mean, loss yeah, of Prescott. Prescott. Gone now, and you have Andy Dalton who's like a quarterback who should not be playing right now. And you give mm-hmm. – I mean – this goes back to what we said last week and the week before. The Cowboys' defense is so bad. Yeah. They're, it's looking right now that the Cowboys had no excuse to not re-sign Byron Jones, who went to the Dolphins, because their secondary is the statistically oh, worst in the NFL. Every game they've played has been a shootout. Well, except for this game, because the Dolphins, they, 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 the Cowboys couldn't even put up any points on the, on the Cardinals. They only put up 10 points, but the Cardinals put up 38 points. Kyler yeah, Murray and we, shredded and we said this. And we said this last week. Kyler Murray and his offense mm-hmm. are so versatile and so fast that they're just going to blow through this Cowboys defense because this Cowboys defense is in shambles. So when you put a, a very mm-hmm. versatile and quick-on-his-feet quarterback, such as Kyler Murray, he can do a lot of dangerous things to a, a bad defense. Yeah, uh, you you look at it. Kenyon Drake also had a really really good game. He ran all over the team too. He had I think almost two hundred rushing yards. Uh, it's gonna be interesting. One thing that I've noticed is that Zeke doesn't really work well in Mike McCarthy's offense. And coming from a Packer fan, right. yeah. Uh, look at if you look at how Mike McCarthy used running backs in Green Bay, he tended to use a rotation of backs. Um. Yeah, he tended to use rotation of backs and hated using one primary back, and he doesn't like power rushers, which Zeke is. So, then there were also the reports after the game, like earlier this week, that Cowboy fans, like anonymous Cowboy fans, were saying it was broken by the NFL Network that anonymous Cowboy fans were coming out and saying that the coaching staff is just bad at their jobs and they are totally underprepared for games and stuff. And when you have players on your team coming out, speaking out against the coaching staff. You know there's a locker room culture oh. issue right now. Mike, I wouldn't be entirely shocked if Mike McCarthy gets fired at the end of the year if they right. play this and bad. It, it, and it makes sense. I mean, he's just not a good fit for mm-hmm. the team. And even and if fans are saying that, I mean... Not fans. I mean, I mean, I've heard fans say the same thing, too, about the coaching staff. Okay. Like, if And if players are mm-hmm. saying this, I mean, it's just... it's it. He's probably going to go. I mean, it's... He needs to go. He yeah. Needs to go. Just because of what's been mm-hmm. going, like just from this season, solely that's going on right now. It's it's a uh, get out of there. 
Yeah. We're going to have to see what happens with the Cowboys. Do you think the Cowboys are in contention for the first pick right now? I don't think so. I don't think so. Just because there's – I think they're going to go second Be just because of the Jets. I mean, the Jets are just – they're going to go 0-16, as, as sad as that is to say. Let me, let me make this proposition to you. Let's say the Cowboys have a bad season. The Cowboys finish with the first with the fifth worst record mm-hmm. in the league. They have like the fifth pick. If Justin Fields is available at five, oh, yes. do oh, they my take God, him? Yes, hundred percent. Or or does Jerry Jones really pay out and trade up to number one and take oh, Trevor Lawrence? That's interesting. I th- if there's any if there's any if there's any organization that would do it, it'd be it'd be the Cowboys. The Cowboys all about flash. So. We'd have to see about that. Uh, the Cowboys are are historically known for flashy kind of moves. Uh, so we'd have to see what happens there. Anyway, I'd like to thank everybody for tuning in to this episode of Time Out. This was the fourth episode of Time Out. You can catch Time Out every Saturday morning at 9.30 a.m. Next week, we'll be back with you with another action-packed episode for you guys. For Gabe Baltier, I'm Nick Lebrano. Thank you guys for tuning in. I hope you guys have a great Sunday with the NFL football. Hope your World Series predictions are correct. Have a great weekend, everybody. And we will see you guys next week.